It's now time for Talkin' Boxing with Billy C. It began as a podcast, went live on the net, and transformed into a full-blown empire. It's the only daily boxing talk show on the planet, hosted by the only guy with the balls to do it. Many have stepped into the ring. Many have tried to take the belt. And one by one, they've fallen. Another victim of the undisputed heavyweight champion of Boxing Talk Radio. Talking Boxing with Billy C is on now. My style is impetuous, my defense is impregnable, and I'm just ferocious, I want your heart. Coming to you live from the Billy C. Studios in Lake George, New York. I'm Bill Caligero. It's time for the Billy C. Show. Good morning, good day, good evening. Whenever you're listening, whenever you're watching, hope you're having a great day. Today's show is being brought to us in part by Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria and Italian Restaurant located on beautiful St. Simons Island in Georgia. Check out his website, www.salsneighborhoodpizzeria.com. We'll give my man a call, 912-268-2328, 912-268-2328. Find out why I like to go all the way to St. Simon's to get a decent Italian meal. Today's show is also being brought to us in part by the new title bout championship computer game. Check it out. Uh, yes, we still have the old banner uh, up on uh, BillyCBoxing.com, but uh, check out the game. You'll love it. It's the same game that uh, Alex uses to do the simulations uh, for our Blast from the Past segment. So uh, uh, make sure you check that out. And finally, today's show is being brought to us in part by, you guessed it, my book, Tom Molino from Bondage to Baddest Man on a Planet. It's available right now where all good books are sold, and you can get a copy right now where you're watching or listening to the show. Uh, just visit uh, barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com. Uh, find out why I'm so adamant about uh, getting Tom Molino's story out there. And if you're looking to get a signed copy, uh, don't worry about it. Just visit our website, billycboxing.com, and click on the book. You can't miss it. And speaking of the book, uh, I, uh, I, I want to uh, officially announce that Chalk Films, uh, a production company uh, located in uh, England, uh, has uh, actually purchased the option to uh, try and get my book uh, on the big screen. So uh, keep your fingers crossed. We're looking to uh, uh, get the book made into a movie. And uh, I want to thank uh, Darian Lee uh, and Chalk Films for uh, stepping up and uh, getting the option uh, to uh, shop this around. So uh, we're hoping to uh, get a word on that uh, pretty soon. So uh, I'll keep you guys posted. Uh, so if you haven't gotten a copy of the book, now's the time to get it. Uh, so you can say, oh, well, you know, it, was, it said this in the book and the movie was like that and all this other stuff. So um, today's show, uh, we are going to talk about uh, the, uh, should I call it a fight? Um, the circus uh, known as uh, Conor McGregor versus Floyd Mayweather. Uh, we did do a Billy C. get together uh, down in St. Simons uh, on this event. Uh, we had a great time. I want to thank everybody who uh, came uh, for the couple of days and uh, uh, enjoyed their time with uh, Sal and myself, along with uh, former world champions uh, Marlon Starling, Ray Mercer, and Bobby Chez. Uh, we also uh, 
had uh, some fun with uh, all of the viewers and listeners. I, as promised, I gave away uh, several copies of my book. And I want to give a special shout-out to my man Stephen Barr, who uh, uh, flew in from uh, Washington. And uh, he's from England originally, and we had a great time. Uh, he kept busting his son's chops by uh, uh, sending uh, uh, photos of uh, him hanging out with the guys. It was uh, a great time. And we're going to have Steve uh, on in the near future uh, to tell you guys what it's like to uh, come on down to one of our events, very close up and personal. And by the way, we did show uh, the uh, boxing, uh, Billy C's Boxing Revisited episode, so we were uh, happy about that. Um, but uh, I do want to talk about the, uh, the fight, final thoughts on the fight. And quite honestly, there's no more, uh, there's no reason to discuss Floyd Mayweather uh, much anymore uh, unless he does something related to boxing. Uh, I think uh, the fight said it all, uh, in my opinion. Uh, bottom line is, uh, uh, you know, if you want to give Floyd Mayweather credit for fighting a, a, a guy that never laced on a pair of gloves, a guy that obviously knew nothing about boxing, then so be it. Uh, I personally don't give him much credit for it. Um, I thought that uh, Floyd good, looked good compared to, uh, you know, based on who he fought. Um, you know, Conor McGregor, if he knew anything about boxing, first of all, Conor McGregor seemed to have no uh, pop behind his punches. Everyone's saying, oh, he's got to jump on him early uh, to, for the knockout. I, I saw no knockout power in Conor McGregor. I saw no defense, zero defense. I saw, uh, you know, no footwork. I mean, all, all these things equal he was not a boxer, you know. And uh, Floyd Mayweather did exactly what I said. Everybody asked me what my prediction was, and I predict 10th round stoppage, and the fight ended in the 10th round. Um, to gauge uh, where these guys are at this point, well, the bottom line is Conor McGregor's an MMA fighter. Floyd Mayweather uh, is an old um, boxer. And I'll tell you right now, and we'll get into it a little bit deeper, but I'll tell you right now, Floyd better stay retired because if he should fight a real fight, and he hasn't fought a real fight really, go all the way back uh, a long time. I, I guess you give him credit for the Pacquiao fight. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, Andre Berto, that was a joke fight. And obviously this fight was a joke fight. But uh, remember, if Floyd Mayweather had the balls to step in the ring and fight a Keith Thurman or an Errol Spence Jr. Uh, or even a Sean Porter or a Kell Brook, he would get knocked the F out. Um, Conor McGregor uh, nailed him at will with the jab. I was shocked to see that Floyd uh, didn't have an answer for it. Maybe it was the southpaw. I, I don't know. Uh, but uh, true to form, uh, Floyd fought smart. He let t Conor McGregor tire himself out, then got that long uh, waited, na uh, waited for knockout, which, uh, you know, wh what are you going to say? But uh, joining me right now to give us his thoughts uh, real quickly as we get deep into uh, this, and then we move on to the real fight, the real fight is Triple G versus Canelo. But joining me right now from St. Simons is my man, Sal, Rocky, Senecola. Sal, hey, is it good to be back or what? It's good to be back, Bill. It's good to be back. I'll tell you, we had a great time, though. I uh, I loved it. I loved it. I think we had a, everybody. They're still talking about it. And, um, you know, last night in a restaurant, that's all we heard was uh, – revive as far as uh, wow you guys had a great weekend and you know things we post on facebook or 
this media, social media, whatever else, I don't even know how to work anything else but Facebook, uh, is pretty much, uh, it says it all. The island was electrified by the presence of you and the, and the boxers, myself, and what we did. We were the only one to show that fight on the entire island. That's why we had a cram in there like a tight pair of penny loafers. Um, like as that. far as the fight itself, Sal, um, what were your thoughts on it? I mean, you know, why we watched it live. Um, you know, I, I mean, after the after the uh, first of all, I, I want to say this as far as the fan base and, and they're projecting huge numbers, uh, pay-per-view buys. I don't know if they're going to count. Apparently, there was a lot of people that tried to buy it on a stream and, and didn't get it. So I don't know if they're going to count that as a buy or, or what. But um, I, I will say this from what I saw. And Sal, you you agree or disagree? From what I saw, the majority of the people that you know want watched this fight and bought this fight were McGregor fans. You know, I mean, if anybody gets a pat on the back for the draw here, it's McGregor. I'm not so sure people that you know bought it for Mayweather were buying it to watch Mayweather win. They were probably watching it to see him lose. I mean, uh, any boxing fan that I've talked to knew that this was not going to be. Uh, a competitive fight but with that said at the end of the sixth round I was scoring it up to that point and at the end of the sixth round I had to fight even three rounds apiece and then it was all Floyd what what was your thoughts on the fan base like who was rooting for who and how did you see it uh going into you know the sixth seventh round you know I think uh you and I must have seen the same fight because <laughs> I agree and uh, I'll tell you what, Bill, the majority of the fans that I read were MMA fight fans. And uh, as you said, I think the true boxing enthusiast or fan uh, or knowledgeable fight fan ah, may have wanted to see uh, a different turnout with the with the uh, Floyd Mayweather fight there. And, and, and but I all in all, I think, yes, it was a pro uh, MMA fight crowd and. You know, when I when I purchased the uh, when I bought it for the pizzeria and I said, well, how are sales going? And I was told by the entities that may uh, that this is going to exceed uh, the Pacquiao Mayweather uh, fight. Uh, and I said, really? Because I didn't read that. I said, no, we're getting uh, we're getting uh, purchases now and we're right on track. And we think this is going to exceed the numbers we did for Mayweather Pacquiao. So maybe they did. Maybe they knew something we didn't know. Maybe there was, like I said, the Closet Fight fans that, that uh, really didn't want to buy it, but last minute snapped it and bought it. And also, I think, as we anticipated, this was a huge shot in the arm for MMA. And, uh, and uh, you, you, MMA had everything to win about this fight, more so than boxing had to lose. And as far as the fight goes, Billy, uh, I called it exactly. I couldn't have tailored it exactly for the fact that if it ended in the eighth round, that was my number. You called it exactly as it read. It wound up being the tenth round. But there was no surprises, nothing there. And I will tell you this. Yes, McGregor, as I always said, going into this fight, he had the first three rounds to make or break and, and take, take Mayweather out. If it went past three, boom. And it was all Mayweather, and that's exactly what happened. Take him so out. I gave. Yeah, the funny thing about yeah. it was take him out. I mean, we take all thought out. we all thought that this guy had some kind of punching power. The way everybody was talking about, it. I don't follow MMA, 
you know, I've seen clips of his knockouts. Generally, they, you know, a, a, whether it's a, a punch followed by a kick to the head or whatever. But this guy showed us no pop, Sal. I mean, he was, uh, you know, no disrespect to female fighters, but, uh, you know, the old saying, he was punching like a girl. They were all arm punches. Never did he hurt Floyd. I mean, Floyd is not this superstar guy. He's really not. You know, I, I mean, the truth of the matter is, is, you know, Floyd has to get credit for maneuvering his career uh, as successful as he did financially. But as far as fighting in these knockout, drag-out, memorable fights, I, I, never. I, you can't even remember. People will probably remember this fight because of the significance uh, of the crossover appeal. And speaking of which, you mentioned about MMA, that it was a win for MMA or it should have been a win. Listen, you know, talking to the MMA fans really showed me the ignorance uh, of of the MMA fan when it comes to boxing, these guys, uh, you know, they all loved McGregor and they thought that he that he had a shot. They really legitimately thought, you know, considering uh, all the money that was bet on McGregor. I mean, granted, it was decent odds, but this guy never had a shot. The joke of this fight, uh, you know, coach in the chat room said it years ago uh, about the sport and, and specifically about this fight. It was WWE. Everything seemed, you know, as the smoke cleared and a couple of days have gone by, everything seemed choreographed in this fight, Sal. From the beginning, from the press conferences, through the, uh, through the fight itself, it just seemed choreographed. And, oh, by the way, Floyd Mayweather uh, tried to put a bet on himself in Vegas for a 10th round stoppage, and they wouldn't let him. The bookmakers wouldn't let him in the sports book, I should say, wouldn't let him in, in Vegas. What does that tell you? If, if Floyd Mayweather was about to put, I mean, come on. Listen, you know, I, I just want to say that I think that this fight was 100% fabricated and choreographed. Um, you know, never once was anybody hurt. And quite honestly, uh, in this fight, the MMA fans were all pissed off today uh, on yesterday, whatever, saying, oh, the fight shouldn't have been stopped. You know, oh, he didn't even get knocked down. Well, he, he was done. You know, what did you want to do, kill him? And by the way, the commission suspended him for two months, 60 days uh, suspension. I mean, the whole thing uh, was, uh, was a circus. It, it really was, and I'm glad it's over. Um, I, what do we get out of it? I, I don't know what we get out of it. I don't know what, what, we, what we see after it's done. Yes, it was, a, it was a WWE event. It was a WrestleMania type of event. Yes, it did well financially. I, you know, but, but what did we get out of it? You know, are more MMA fans going to try to make that crossover? You know, is Floyd Mayweather, did he cement a legacy by, by winning that fight? You know, the 50th win is not significant for any weight class but the heavyweights. Boxing fans know that, but the majority of the people don't. I mean, what did we gain by this fight, Sal? Well, we were sold. We were sold a bill of goods. I'm telling you, this was a facade. I called it a, a farce from the beginning. And, and you know, I, I'll tell you, what was the significant value? Yes, I think now, you know, this fight may have opened up some floodgates and we're going to see more crossovers between MMA and, and boxing and they'll try and bill it. And guess what? As soon as they fizzle and fade after the initial shock appeal, it's going to it's gonna say, ah, why bother? You know, MMA is comfortable in their, its own arena and they should stay there. And boxing, you know, we don't have to change. We, we never evolved from, uh, from the 100, 200 years, 300 years that that two men have put on gloves or or castanets or, or bare knuckles. And, and that's basically it. That's the only evolution in boxing is what they're going to put on their hands. 
So I think that uh, I, I think everybody is going to be safe and wake up, and it's going to be another new day. And we'll talk about the real fights, such as the Canelo Alvarez Triple G, and uh, this will soon be something of the past, and it'll be brought up in the history books with the asterisks and all that, saying, well, it was the first fight for, for uh, Conor McGregor. But let me tell you something, Bill. You hit it right on the head. This guy, and not taking it away or being a sexist or saying he didn't even punch like a girl. I mean, this guy couldn't even punch. Mayweather knew this. Mayweather knew this going in. And I'm telling you, that's why he read this tea leaves perfectly. Because what happened was this guy hit he was on his toes. He was on his. He didn't sit on any punches. I didn't see any ferocity in his power or any intensity that he. Well, I'm, I'm the big bad man. I'm gonna knock this guy right out into left field. No, there was nothing like that. He threw little arm punches, and he was he was definitely uh, hitting him with the jab. That was his best bet. But the first three rounds, like I said, he scored. He did he he did his thing and Mayweather did his thing. He said I'm I'm a, I'm assessing what I'm in with and I'm in with a guy that's not gonna be able to hurt me. So I'm gonna stay in the pocket. He can't hit me and the only thing I'm tasting is his jab. And um you know Mayweather did just that. And uh, you know like I said this guy I didn't see any of the bill any of any of the hype any of what he is as far as even his I mean. I, have some intensity, passion, power. I couldn't see any of it. It was all arm punches. I couldn't believe it. Hey, Sal, we lost your video, so I don't know what you did over there, but uh, you, you knocked your video out. But, uh, yeah, it, it's uh, there you go. You know, um, I but, knocked the video out. Yeah. You know, I was yelling so much, the little arrow was on the video from when I turned it on, and, and I guess it just, just hit it automatically. You know, the, 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 as far as uh, uh, the fight itself, uh, it it was it was uh, you know Mayweather turned his back on McGregor a couple of times. McGregor, I don't know about uh, and, that. and yeah. McGregor McGregor was hitting behind the head, which uh, you know he should have uh, maybe even did got a point deducted. But I tell you what, based on the rules, and then we're going to take a short break and come back. But uh, based on the rules of boxing, if you turn your back on somebody, that could be counted as one of two things. And I'll leave you with this thought when we take a break here. Number one, it could be uh, taken as the fighter does not want to fight anymore, and he's quitting. Yes, you're right. You're right. Or number two, and, and the referee has to make a judgment, has to say, hey, are you quitting? Are you stopping? What are you doing? Or right. it could count as a knockdown. Um, and neither took place, and referee Bird dropped the ball there. Um, you, know, uh, you know, yes, uh, Floyd was turning his back. Now, was he doing it to try to get Conor McGregor to hit him behind the head? I don't know. But nonetheless, it was turning his back. Now, apparently, the Nevada State Athletic Commission and a spineless, gutless piece of garbage, Bob Bennett, uh, didn't really apply any of the rules to the sport of boxing for this fight. Yeah. I mean, he approved the fight, first of all, which was a joke. Uh, but uh, the truth be told that if you turn your back on someone, you could be uh, uh, basically the fight stopped. It's, it, it's an indication that you don't want to fight. Hold that thought. It's like a no mas, we're gonna take right? a, Yeah, we're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we'll finish uh, talking about that. We got some emails. We're going to open up. Uh, well, actually, we're going to get Dax Khan to come on, and we may even get the infamous Jeremy C., who boldly predicted Connor McGregor was going to win. So we do have to get him uh, on so we can, you know, beat him up a little bit. We'll be back in two. Billy C. will be right back. 
Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you guys could be with us today. And uh, before we went to break, we were talking about uh, uh, the fight itself. Uh, Mayweather McGregor, most uh, MMA fans really thought McGregor had a chance. Uh, he clearly did not have a chance. And um, a lot of sad people, a lot of MMA fans were sad. But hopefully this will be the real end of Floyd Mayweather. Because I, I tell you what, you know, when Floyd Mayweather is so-called retired, the sport of boxing does very well. And we got a great fight coming up in a couple of weeks, Triple G against Canelo. It's a real fight, a significant fight. Two of the top fighters in the world facing each other. Uh, even though one is 35, you could arguably say they're both still in their prime. Uh, this is what the real sport of boxing is all about. The fight, the best fighting, the best. Uh, something Floyd Mayweather has not done in a decade. A decade. So uh, let's kick him to the curb. Let him focus on his promotion company. And uh, let's move on with the sport. And speaking of his promotional company, uh, there were some other fights on that card I want to touch on real quick. Um, Javante Davis, uh, a, a guy that, you know, definitely possesses talent. I, I, I love this kid, except for one thing. He's with Floyd Mayweather. And what I start to see is the same type of uh, let me take you under my wing kind of stuff that Floyd did with Adrian Broner. We all saw how that turned out. And I predicted in Sal, you could be the judge on this. I predicted. I leaned over and said to you uh, while we were down doing our event, I said, the same thing's going to happen to this kid that happened to Adrian Broner. He misses weight. You know, first of all, he fights. He gets his, uh, uh, you know, uh, basically his career uh, handed to him. He gets a, a world title shot. He wins the title. You would think that he would have a successful title defense, especially against a layup type of a fight. And instead, he misses weight, loses his title, and then struggles in this fight, huffing and puffing until they finally stop the fight. Uh, no, it was not a hit behind the head. Uh, you know, his opponent, uh, uh, Francisco uh, Francesco, was uh, uh, spent. He didn't want to fight anymore. Uh, nonetheless, uh, Davis does not have a title anymore. However, he improved to 19 and 0 with 18 knockouts. Uh, Francesca drops his first fight. He's 19, one and one. What was your thoughts on that fight? I know you're a stickler about discipline, and Davis showed us he got none. You know, let me tell you something. We we said this right before, and you knew, you knew my reaction. I was going to go off, and I did. How can you be so irresponsible? You're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars. To step on a scale and make weight, be disciplined. Carry, you know, like I said, for my 14th birthday, my father bought me a medical scale. I never missed a weight. <laughs> and I brought, you know, I would balance a little foot scale to that scale everywhere I went. And I would travel with that scale, and I never missed a weight. Okay, so you're getting paid hundreds of thousands of dollars, and you got to make weight. How bad is it that a professional fighter that is, is, is doing this for a living Cannot do what the job describes, and that's make weight. I, 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 there's no room for that, Bill. No room whatsoever. So you know what? 
He fought hard. He gained the title. And guess what? Take it away from him. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I changed my whole opinion of, of Javante Davis. I liked him. But you know what? Right now, I don't care. And he, I don't know. He was in a fight with that guy. And that guy just quit. That guy had a good chance of winning. He was holding his own. He was hitting Davis uh, and, and catching him at will at times. And uh, it was a close fight. And then all of a sudden, I saw Bill that the guy got called a body shot. And I think that just threw him all off. And then he turned around. He did a little cowling like, hey, I don't want to fight anymore. Forget about it. I'm going to quit. That's what he did. He quit. Okay, I'm done. You know, the truth of the matter was was that he got hit like uh, he was trying to, you know, get a DQ out of the deal. But he didn't even get he hit was. in the back of the head. He got hit kind of in between his uh, his shoulders, you know, like. Uh, like it wasn't know, a rabbit punch. No. Was, like no. you just said, he just he got hit. That wouldn't hurt. I, and believe me, I've got hit behind. I've got hit behind the head. And, and you know, you might see a star, too, and you might get a momentary. Terry, uh, 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 ouch, or like whatever. But you don't know. You don't. Oh my mom. Oh, why? you can't eat. Forget about it. Can't go. Get out of here. You know what? I don't want to go there. I'm. I'm sorry. Now you get me all wound up. It's well, not even a coffee. I'm just on my second cup. Well, you know, on the rest of that card, um, you know, in the fight that I thought would be the best fighter tonight, uh, really, I, I tell you, uh, the real star of Mayweather Promotions is uh, Bedo Jack. I mean, uh, he improved to 21 wins, one loss, and three draws uh, when he moved up in weight and uh, challenged Nathan Cleverly for his WBA uh, World Light Heavyweight title and won. Uh, Cleverly loses for the fourth time, 30 wins, four losses with 16 knockouts. Uh, round five is when it ended, two minutes and 47 seconds when uh, uh, Bedo Jack uh, put an end to it. This guy's the real deal. This is a guy that um, moved up the ladder, uh, was in a fight, did not look good, got knocked out. People wrote him off, including Team Mayweather. But yet, since then, he has gotten better and better and better. He's fought top-level opposition. Uh, Bedo Jack is the real deal, and I think uh, is the best fighter that's currently signed under Mayweather Promotions. What's your thoughts? Well, I think he did it very cleverly. Oh, boy. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, he uh, just what you said, Billy, uh, not to agree to disagree. I, I tell you, Bedo Jack uh, proved me wrong. I thought he was also on a downslide, and... Uh, but he rose the occasion. He did what he had to do, and he came out to win, and he did just that. And, uh, no, I like him. He's he's uh, he's back on top, and I think he'll do very well. I think he'll fare against most of the opposition he faces. Um, and we'll, we'll, we'll see what goes on. But, uh, yeah, I'm still wound up from the from the Javante Davis and the Mayweather stuff. And could, could I add, because I know we're going to put him in a drawer, drawer soon, drawer soon to not talk about him for a long time, Mayweather. But for all those fans, and I, I have a lot in my staff that they're very, very upset. Uh, they thought the fight was stopped too soon. Let me tell you another thing. What does the referee say in the part of the instructions when two fighters are in the middle of the ring and he's giving you instructions before the first bell rings? Defend yourself at all times. And for those fans that thought it was stopped too soon, Conor McGregor couldn't defend himself at any time in that last round. He was getting hit with a barrage of punches at will. And, guys, it only takes one punch to, to shatter that little glass of a brain in your head. And uh, so I think that was called properly. And, uh, you know, I had a very, very much uh, a very upset staff. Uh, I, you know, ju you know Justin, my pie guy, right? One of my guys. 
Yeah, he cleaned up that night, brother. Bill, Bill, he won almost a thousand dollars. But little did I know. Let me tell you something. Justin took me aside three weeks ago. He said, "Sal, I'm going to ask your opinion." And he didn't tell me who he's betting. He said, "I, I, I got a little money. I want to bet. Who should I bet on? Should I bet on Mayweather or should I bet on McGregor?" I said, "I, I told him exactly what I've been saying for the last month." I said. You could bet the bank on Mayweather, unless this the fix is on. No, Mayweather is going to win this fight, and he's going to knock him out. It's probably not going to go past eight rounds. Billy, you called it. I explained exactly why, and what I explained was exactly what we saw, why and how he's going to win. So I didn't know he bet my whole entire staff. <laughs> He bet my cook Josh. He bet another pie guy, Anthony. He bet Heather. He bet this one. He bet some of the guys across at the Laney's. This guy walked away with a thousand bucks that night, and I felt bad because you know I, I, I guess I was partly uh, influential with his decision on who to bet on. <sighs> Happy birthday, Justin. Well, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he made out well. Uh, you know, they're talking about. Uh, you know, we got uh, people in the in the uh, Facebook. We are uh, simulcasting on Facebook. If you want to see the real version of this show, flip over to our YouTube page. The same television version that we send out to the networks uh, is up there. But, uh, you know, they're throwing in the 50-win thing. You know, Chavez went 80-0 before losing his first fight. Sugar Ray Robinson went 60-0. and The list goes on and on and on. Uh, the truth of the matter is is that the 49-0 and record was only significant for the heavyweights. Uh, no heavyweight has come, uh, you know, to 49-0. Larry Holmes came the closest at 48-0 before losing to uh, Michael Spinks. Right. Uh, before losing to Mike right. Spinks. So, I mean, uh, you know, that's the only significance for the 49-0. Uh, and 0. Uh, But once again, Floyd Mayweather, a master at bamboozling uh, his uh, fan base. But let's move forward. Miguel Cotto also fought that night in an exciting fight. Yes, he didn't fight a world beater in Kamigagi, but uh, unlike uh, Floyd Mayweather and any of Floyd Mayweather's fights, uh, Miguel Cotto is uh, an exciting fighter in all of his fights, a throwback fighter in a sense. Miguel Cotto improved to 41 wins, five losses with 33 knockouts uh, when he stopped uh, Yoshirio Kamigagi uh, in uh, in that fight. Um, the uh, um, uh, he he didn't. He, it was a uh, basically a. Uh, uh, a decision. I'm sorry. I thought that uh, uh, for some reason he beat him up so bad it should have been a stoppage. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, Cotto uh, picked up a title, which I thought was kind of BS. Uh, but another big fight that took place uh, while we while we was away, Sergey Demirchenko improved to 11 and 0 with nine knockouts when he scored a uh, TKO over Torino Johnson, which I thought was a significant fight. Torino Johnson is a tough guy, so uh, that's uh, what took place. Uh, while we were away one thing i want to mention you know how um in the sport of boxing uh we don't get the uh, coverage well in uh, the latest sports illustrated uh that just came out uh at the beginning of the week uh they had a, a, a an article that was written by greg bishop uh, bishop i'm sorry and uh the 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 little uh uh blurb says it all he says mayweather mcgregor and this is obviously, this uh, was uh, pub, uh, printed before the fight. So he said, Mayweather McGregor will be the event of the year, even if it's likely to be more of a circus than a slugfest. For boxing purists, the real show comes next month when Canelo and Triple G square off. Don't know who those guys are? Well, you should. 
And I, you know what? For a magazine that covers all sports, I think that puts it in perspective. And uh, Mr. Bishop uh, uh, hit it right on the head, Sal. Um, the big fight coming up between Triple G and Canelo is a real fight. It's a significant fight. It's showing two fighters uh, that are both uh, uh, presumably still in their prime. I know Canelo is uh, fighting each other, something Floyd hasn't done in a decade. So uh, I'm looking forward to that one in a couple of weeks, my man. Absolutely. I mean, that's I'm so excited about that fight, Bill. And, you know, I'll tell you, I might keep that big TV just for a last-minute thing, but I know it's going to be very expensive. We'll see. Hey, how would you like the setup? Did we, that TV worked out to be a pretty, pretty good thing, didn't it, the way we did it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it was good. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how, uh, you know, people got a little uh, testy when uh, uh, somebody stood up to uh, cheer. You know, I liked, I liked uh, one more at the other end would have been better. But, uh, hey, listen, yeah. let's take a short break. When I come back, I got some emails to read. Uh, we're going to open up. Uh, we're going to have Dax come on in about a half hour. And it looks like uh, Jeremy C. Uh, ran off and hid somewhere. So uh, don't go anywhere. Uh, we will be back. Uh, in uh, two minutes. Billy C. will be right back. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, just a reminder for anyone that's uh, watching our uh, Facebook uh, uh, stream or whatever we're calling it, it's... uh, uh, we did promise a, a better camera feed by the time we came back, but didn't get a chance to change it. But uh, listen, if you want the full version of the show, the full uh, multi-camera shot and everything else that goes with it, check us out. Uh, you can watch it on the front page of BillyCBoxing.com or just go to our YouTube channel, uh, YouTube.com slash Talkin, T-A-L-K-I-N, Boxing, B-O-X-I-N-G. And uh, you can get that or just stay right where you are on Facebook. Uh, we don't... Uh, doesn't bother us but uh, sal i got some uh, emails to read you ready i like this yes let's do it uh first one is from my man jesse he says uh, hey billy c welcome and sal welcome back uh i did forgot the important part for you sal hey billy c and sal much, welcome uh, back. Felt he says uh uh yeah sort of like uh <laughs> thank you very say, much sort of like wait, what wait. you did to me in saint simon's but uh whatever <laughs> uh he says uh, i did and see billy c yeah oh, yeah yeah oh, yeah he's here and too billy c. the um, end was I, the powerful yeah, i uh he says i did see the connor versus floyd event and i thought it was okay i hear people saying connor got tired but he can't take a punch Either he's not a boxer, a boxer takes punches and comes back with his own. He was basically trying to counter Floyd early with that uppercut, and he barely grazed Floyd's chin. I wonder what would have happened if he landed it. How do you see Connor's countering and timing in boxing? Um, I, you know, before I move on, you know, I, I will say this if Connor McGregor knew anything about boxing, and if his corner knew anything about boxing, they would have switched gears after the third round and said, hey, listen, Floyd Mayweather, which, you know, is a guy that uh, many people think is the best ever, which is a joke. He had no answer for Conor McGregor's jab. Conor McGregor's jab, whether because it was coming from a southpaw or whatever, 
um, was nailing Floyd at will. Now, they weren't hurting Floyd, but in case you guys uh, all forgot, uh, that's how you win a fight on a scorecard. Just ask Paulie Malinaji. You know, uh, and if Conor McGregor was smart, he would have, you know, changed his game plan, game plan to do that all night long and maybe, just m- maybe, would have squeaked out a, 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 a you know, a win, you know. Uh, but he had no power. Everybody, we all, including myself, we all thought that this guy had some pop and that he would, you know, all he had to do is go in and attack Floyd. And, uh, you know, he when he did, he didn't even hurt Floyd. Floyd laughed. You know, and it's a I joke. Laugh. Yeah, we all laughed. Everybody's laughing. But, you know, Floyd and Connor, they're, they're laughing, laughing too. To the bank. They laughed all the way to the bank. So, uh, anyway, um, Jesse said it appears Floyd needs to retire. He looked slow and just didn't seem to counter when Connor missed. Right now, he would have uh, he would get beat by Thurman, Mikey, Garcia, Spence, Canelo, etc. He doesn't look interested in boxing anymore. Is there an age where boxers should leave boxing? I think uh, boxers should stop at 35, 35. And up bodies just age rapidly overnight. Uh, boxers by that age have nothing to prove to the young guys. Young guys are just full of energy and hungry like Mikey, Spence, and Canelo. Uh, let these young guys fight each other. Uh, you know, listen, Floyd Mayweather recognized that, and that's why he cherry-picked for the last 10 years of his career. Um, I agree with you, Jesse. I, I don't see him beating any of the names you uh, mentioned. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Floyd knows that, too. You know, um, you know, you could say what you want. Obviously, I'm not a big fan of Floyd Mayweather, but, uh, uh, you know, he was smart. Um, he did what he had to do. He uh, bamboozled his fans, uh, took you guys for every cent that you had and you were willing to pay. And uh, the bottom line is uh, he's walking away a rich man and uh, didn't have to really fight anybody to, uh, to get in that spot, at least for the last decade. He says, you guys and Delorme was entertaining. And Borrego, in my eyes, beat Juan. Uh, Davis is starting to get too arrogant and uh, egotistical. Yeah, the Ugas and Delorme fight was uh, a good fight. I mean, man, uh, I was uh, uh, Ugas uh, had gone down twice in that fight, uh, but uh, came back to win. Uh, I definitely liked that. That was the one that kicked off the whole night, Sal. And uh, uh, up until we saw the performance by Jack, uh, no fight lived up to that one. What do you think? Well, no, I, I agree. I agree with you right there, and, and uh, it was a good, exciting fight. And, and, you know, some of the fights were stale and, and just uh, going through the motion and everything else. But, no, I, I tend to uh, – well, I saw the same fights you did, and, and uh, that's why I'm agreeing with you. Um, also, we got uh, another email. This one's from uh, my man Jeff from Pennsylvania. Uh, he's got uh, actually two here. One, uh, he says, I enjoyed the uh, Mayweather-Mac uh, event, and I'm under no illusion that Connor would have won. Even my wife realized that Connor was not holding his hands up high enough for for defense. But hey, he was far from terrible in attempting these this unusual feat. Certainly, Connor let his instincts come into play with the hammer fist. But hey, Mayweather also made use of his elbows and in the clinch many times. He did not once was he warned that yeah, he was using his I elbows a lot. Uh, he says, now to the main point uh, of this email, it seems recently I'm noticing more and more boxers turning their backs to the opponent. Uh, you corrected me when I wrote that protecting yourself at all times did not mean once the bell sounded. Why then a boxer turns his back is the opponent told not to hit him? Maybe it's time to call a knockdown when a boxer turns his back. What's your thoughts? I'm interested. Well, Jeff, the truth of the matter is, is a boxer is not allowed to turn his back. If a boxer turns his back on a fight, 
you're not supposed to yell at the other fighter not to hit him. A boxer turning his back gives, it should be giving the referee an indication that he no longer wants to fight. Um, I, you know, I mentioned this earlier in the show that when uh, Floyd Mayweather did this, uh, referee Bird should have warned him, should have stopped the action and asked him, are you quitting? You know, and warned him not to turn his back. He didn't do that. He could have also called in a knockdown. He didn't do that. You know, Floyd gets too many special passes, uh, and uh, I'm just glad he's gone. Hopefully he's gone. But you are 100% right. You are not allowed to turn your back on a fighter. This is an indication to a referee that you no longer want to fight anymore. Uh, and uh, I thought Bird did the wrong thing by not even mentioning that. And Floyd did that many times throughout the fight, not just once. He says, uh, 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 maybe it's time to call a knockdown when a back. Yeah, you know. He, he, I he agree. Said it. He says, I listened to the Sugar Ray crew, and they were very good. Surprisingly, uh, I still don't believe this event should count on Floyd's record, but that's my opinion. I wish I could have been down there with you guys. I'm sure it was a great time. Uh, now the real deal, a true risk fight, Triple G against Canelo. Hey, Jeff, we wish you would have been down there with us. You missed a great time. Keep your eyes and ears open for our next event. We are going to be doing another one sooner than later. Um, There is no way in hell that the McGregor-Mayweather fight should have counted uh, as Floyd's uh, uh, 50th win as a legitimate fight. Uh, Bob Bennett of the Nevada State Athletic Commission was a clown and a spineless piece of garbage by approving that fight. I have no problem with this fight as an exhibition fight. As a matter of fact, I think that's what it was. A WWE-type exhibition should have never counted as a real fight. Who, in their right mind, would put a 49-0 and guy, clearly a future Hall of Famer in Floyd Mayweather, against a pro debut fighter? And let me tell you something. Uh, this guy demonstrated that he was not a fighter, uh, fought like a pro debut, and the sad part is he went 10 rounds with Floyd Mayweather. So uh, Jeff goes on to say, did you hear the back and forth between Teddy Atlas and Stephen A. Smith after the um, uh, Mayweather-McGregor fight? These guys are so desperate and hungry for airtime to the point of screaming at each other. Teddy knows his stuff, but uh, as you like to say, believes only his opinion could possibly be be correct. Stephen A. Smith is just clueless, a name dropper. He just wants everyone to think he's Floyd's best friend. It's all getting very hard to listen to. This is why I love when you guys do your post-fight shows. Yeah, we apologize we didn't do a post-fight show uh, after this, but rest assured we are doing one for Triple G Canelo. Uh, And I agree uh, with my man Jeff. Thanks for the emails, Jeff. Uh, Sal on this Stephen A. Smith doesn't know anything about boxing it's sad to see that he's even included in it Uh, he's just a loud mouth and Teddy Atlas although I agree with Jeff 100% this is a guy that knows the sport you can't deny that but uh, the part that I don't like about him is it's either Teddy's opinion is the right way and everyone else is wrong what's your thoughts well as you would say you know we we I, I knew Teddy Atlas in his young days with Victor Valley and Gleason's gym training Cooney, Billy Costello, and all these guys. And he is a knowledgeable guy. He's been around the fight game for the majority of his life. Uh, and he's seen the corners. He's seen what happens. He knows the fight game. But to, you know, just isolate and, and be considered that whatever comes out of his mouth is gospel is arrogant and a little bit shortcoming. And I think that uh, there's always room for debate. There's always room that, that another opinion is, is suggested and offered, and it should be panned out and vetted and, and see uh, which makes sense. You know, it's like, uh, am I going to give a, a plug if I say Fox News? Would they report? You decide. That kind of stuff. Tell the whole story, the Paul Harvey story, you know? 
we uh, we have to see from different eyes, different set of eyes, and different opinions. And you know, let the let the fans judge and take from each commentator what they feel is credible, what they feel is what they saw. I expanded that answer. No, I I, I listen. I agree. Um, here's uh, an email. This one's from my man, Coach, uh, who's uh, Coach. very uh, visible in our chat room and uh, sometimes uh, uh, doesn't give us uh, doesn't give I us. I wish he email. was visible down here. He missed a great weekend, Coach. Uh, Coach says, hey, Billy C., like the Enron scam and remember in the Bertie Madoff deal, the Mayweather-McGregor-Marciano uh, record fraud is finally over. My thoughts, while well, both Mayweather and McGregor are laughing all the way to the bank, I think McGregor should get an ESPY emmy or even an academy award for his performance before and during the fight with floyd getting the award for best supporting actor i just hope boxing fans have seen the light and will remember the who song and won't get fooled again um you know what you know we even got people uh in the uh facebook chat room saying that uh you know uh, when boxers if they can still speak correctly they'll do away uh, with guys like me and doing this show uh, so they could tell people the truth. My question is, well, what's the truth? That uh, we didn't get fooled? I, I agree with Coach. Uh, listen, the true sport of boxing is to prove you the best. You fight real fights, not what Floyd did for the last 10 years. I, that's my thoughts. What do you think? Well, you know, I I, I don't have to judge or, or even like Floyd as a person, but I will tell you this, Bill. He's a skillful fighter. He's a defensive fighter. And, yes, he also choreographed the last several years of his career uh, to be positioned in a place where he is now going to be considered, maybe by not by you or by me, but by many as one of the greatest uh, on some level. Uh, he, he did a, a stellar chess game, uh, and he put himself in a position to win at all costs. And I think that, uh, you know, like uh, I, I will give him credit for that. And he is uh, a, man, a magnificent uh, uh, manager for himself. And uh, he positioned himself with the leverage at all times. And uh, that's why he is where he is. And that's why we're talking about him. And I cannot deny that. And uh, so I will give him that credit every day and this fight i'll tell you what it was one of his he, he said he was going to stay in the pocket and punch and i'll be darned that's exactly what he did because he had no nothing to fear from mcgregor those little candy punches were not going to hurt him and uh he did what he said he was going to do and it was a little toe-to-toe a little sidestep a little here and there uh so i give him credit it shouldn't have been a sanctioned fight to begin with. Uh, it was an exhibition in my mind because that's that's what I saw. It was an exhibition. They they both uh, didn't did had had uh, their own skill set, but it was not to be blended together as uh, everyone had hoped it to be. The truth of the matter is, is that if Floyd Mayweather fought uh, the way he fought McGregor, uh, you know, m- most of his career. He, he would have had memorable fights. He would have treated his his fan base to some uh, quality. Fi- I, I personally don't think we ever saw the best Floyd Mayweather because of his, uh, uh, you know, desire to not engage. And, and you could say, well, you know, he was trying to be safe. He was thinking about his life afterwards, blah, 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 which is all fine and good. But don't pound your chest and say you're the best and you would have been. You didn't need to fight like that because you were so much better. That's all BS. You know, uh, and I agree. Yes, he did fight. 
in the pocket, and the reason is he had no fear of being hit, and once he felt that first punch that had no power behind it, he just was laughing to himself <laughs> all the way to bring the back. It on. I mean, Marcos Maidana hit him uh, with uh, some power punches, and, and obviously even Andre Berto, who was a shot fighter when he fought. I mean, these guys at least connected with some force. McGregor, I, you know, my... You know, my, my granddaughter can hit harder than him, really. But uh, anyway, we got uh, uh, one more email. This one's from uh, this one's from your man, Raheem. And Raheem, Raheem says, uh, doing, he Raheem? says uh, morning, uh, Billy C. and Sal. Raheem here. He says, I was impressed by McGregor and his ability to do what he could against Mayweather. He did great. And our night fight, uh, or maybe you should, you're dyslexic. He says, our fight night was fun. We both uh, we had both MMA and boxing fans together, and it was worth the money. Mayweather breaking Marciano's record was historic, and we saw it all happen. Mayweather saved boxing again, and he will be missed. You know, Raheem. Oh, no. uh, first, no, of all, no. first of all, first of all, let me just say this, Raheem. You know, I, I wish you would, uh, you know, consult with your dad before you write emails because you are so off base. First of all, Floyd Mayweather did not save boxing. Floyd Mayweather, as a matter of fact ruined boxing in my opinion when he's not in the sport the sport does well we have fighters fighting each other that are supposed to fight floyd uh because of his success people want to copy him and cherry pick and and do all the things he did so that that was a negative on boxing that's number one number two uh floyd mayweather as far as the marciano record you know, how many times we got to say it? Yeah, okay, Floyd was is successful at marketing and bamboozling all you young, ignorant fans uh, that don't know the history. But the only significance behind 49-0 and 0 is for the heavyweights. No heavyweight has made 49-0. and 0. No heavyweight even passed it and then lost. No heavyweight ever made it to 49-0. and 0. Marciano did and retired. That's the record. That's the, the, the relevance of that. You know, you have uh, Larry Holmes making it to 48-0 before losing his first time. Many, many fighters surpassed 50-0 before losing their first fight. So please, don't give Floyd credit for, for, for getting to 50-0. It means nothing in any weight division but the heavyweight division. You want to give Floyd credit for retiring with a nice, big, healthy-looking number at 50-0? Great. He deserves it. You want to give him credit for making the money that he made? Great. He deserves it. You want to give him credit for, for manipulating his fans and, and you know, uh, guiding his career with the least amount of risk for the maximum amount of reward? Great. He deserves that credit. But please, don't put him in the same category as great fighters who challenge themselves fight after fight after fight and wanted to prove themselves. Stanley Ketchell, a world middleweight champion, challenging himself to fight Jack Johnson, the heavyweight champion, the fighter who was uh, deemed unbeatable during his era. That's trying to challenge yourself. He came up short. You know, even Sugar Ray Leonard coming out of retirement and fighting a guy who controlled the middleweight division for 10 years, almost 10 years in, in uh, Marvin Hagler. That's challenging yourself. That's coming out and proving that you're the best. You know, not cherry-picking a guy who never laced on a pair of boxing gloves before. That's not a great task. I'm sorry. It's just not. Sal, final thoughts on that? Well, yeah. I mean, we, I'm sure we get Coach or, or, or one of these statisticians out there to list every fighter that surpassed 50-0 and 0 before they had their first defeat. And I'm sure we'd come up with at least a half a dozen or a dozen. And, uh, and let me ask you this. Who was uh, Larry Holmes' 49th opponent? Michael Spinks. 
I'm just saying, a real fighter in his prime, who he lost to uh, for the heavyweight championship of the world. Thank you very much. It was a significant fight. It was a fighter that was coming up, challenging for the heavyweight championship, and exactly that. Larry Holmes never ducked anybody. Muhammad Ali never ducked anybody. George Foreman never ducked anybody. Joe Frazier never ducked anybody. That was the heavyweight mecca. These guys fought, and any one of those guys could have been champion today. And uh, Kenny Norton never ducked anybody. The Ernie Shavers never ducked anybody. These guys were thunderous. These guys were the heavyweights. They had the most coveted belt in the world that they fought for. And this is what they put on the line. So I, I wish we could just put aside everything and let Rocky Marciano rest in peace with his 49-0 record as a heavyweight champion of the world. You know what? I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, the, the significance was only uh, uh, for heavyweights. But but let me just add one thing. Speaking of heavyweights, um, you know, Anthony Joshua. You know, I've said many times this this guy is talk about saving boxing. This is the guy who who's saving the sport. Um, you know, as goes the heavyweight division, so goes boxing. We hear it all the time. Anthony Joshua, who beat Vladimir Klitschko, was waiting to determine if Vladimir Klitschko was going to get the rematch. Um, already is going to uh, most likely get stripped. Now, the WBA uh, put up their uh, their uh, world title for the Klitschko fight, and uh, he beat Klitschko. So the IBF had stepped aside and worked with uh, Anthony Joshua uh, to let him fight uh, Klitschko and not be stripped of his IBF title, even though Cuba Pulov was the next mandatory title challenge. Well, Cuba Pulov has waited two fights, and um, it seems like the next fight for Anthony Joshua uh, will be against uh, Cuba Pulov. However, the WBA is threatening to strip him, and uh, Anthony Joshua has five days uh, left in order to uh, say that he's going to fight Luis Ortiz, who the WBA has made the mandatory challenger. Otherwise, the WBA claims that they're going to strip Anthony Joshua. Um, he was uh, notified, and uh, he's got uh, uh, less than five days to go. Now, um, as far as Luis Ortiz, the WBC has made him the mandatory for Deontay Wilder. He has not agreed to fight Deontay Wilder yet, um, but uh, they were waiting for the WBA. The bottom line is this. It would be a sad day in the sport of boxing, specifically in the heavyweight division, if the WBA decides to strip uh, Anthony Joshua for not fighting Luis Ortiz right now. I mean, let's be real. I think that the WBA, the IBF, the WBC, uh, and the WBO all would benefit from Anthony Joshua holding their titles or at least having their champions fight Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua beat Vladimir Klitschko to grab the WBA title, and he should be allowed uh, some more time uh, to uh, successfully uh, you know, live up to his obligations with the IBF and then shift gears to the WBA, which would mean a Cuba Pula fight first and then fighting the WBA mandatory and Luis Ortiz next. Now, if Luis Ortiz wants to, in the meantime, fight Deontay Wilder like his team is suggesting, that's even better because the winner of that fight could fight the winner of Cuba Pulov and Anthony Joshua. But if the WBA decides to strip Anthony Joshua, that's ridiculous. It's the same thing that just happened to Terrence Crawford. He gave up his belt yesterday uh, because the IBF was going to strip him because they were making him fight Sergi Lipidens. And, I, you know, I, I mean, 
the sanctioning bodies, you know, we blame the fighters for ducking this one and ducking that, but the sanctioning bodies have more in play than anyone else. They're the ones that are responsible for all these titleists, and, uh, you know, it's called greed is this the root of that. What's your thoughts, Sal? Bill, thank you. <laughs> I'll expand on this. You know, correct me if I'm wrong, because as I, you know, my Rip Van Winkle syndrome, when I went to sleep for 25 years, uh, you know, I used to understand and believe the rules of engagement and by these sanctioning bodies that you could pretty much fight any ranked fighter or anybody outside for a non-title fight, whatever you want to do. But every six months, you do have to defend your title against a number one ranked contender. Is that still what they do, correct? They're supposed to. Well, they're supposed to. So on that basis, I could understand how these guys are forcing that issue. And it's amazing how the common denominator is coming up Luis Ortiz, because he's a very dangerous fighter for either guy. And I think that, uh, I mean, it is what it is. If uh, I think he could forfeit the, the WBA or WBC belt if he wants to, to fight whoever he wants. But the rules are the rules in a sense. I mean, if, if you got to defend a title against the number one ranked contender every six months, then damn, do it. I mean, you got the belt, you got to do it. It's not, it's, it's, it's not like uh, it, it's, it's uh, uh, a law that's changing. It's been around forever. That's why I said it, and I, and I, and I did it. I, I knew this rule as a kid growing up. So it's still the same rule. So if you knew you were going to fight for a belt, and your obligation is to defend that title belt that you were issued by the sanctioning body who calls you and recognizes you as their champion, well, then darn it. Every six months, know that you're going to have a title fight against the number one ranked contender who they have specified as their number one ranked contender. No, I, I see it's like not making weight on a scale. So, you know, and if they want to forfeit and strip them the title, well, then just be it. That's fine. You know what? The rules are the rules in a sense. We can't lower the benchmark. So I'm, I'm going to say if the WBA or WBC wants to do that, they could do that. If Joshua wants to face Luis Ortiz and defend it and hold on to the belt, he could do that too. That's all I have to say. You know, the truth of the matter is is that, um, you know, uh, the, the bottom line is certain fighters reach a plateau where they don't need the belts. Anthony Joshua's there. Floyd's there. Manny's there. You know, um, so, yeah, I think that the uh, sanctioning bodies need Anthony Joshua more than he needs them. Hey, listen, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll get Dax Khan's thoughts uh, on the uh, circus known as McGregor Mayweather and the upcoming Triple G Canelo fight, which we're going to shift focus on uh, for the rest of the week and leading up to it. So we got a, a, a long time to break that one down. We'll be back in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy, Billy C. C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're 
back. You're listening and watching The Billy C Show. Glad you could be with us today. And speaking of being with us, joining uh, Sal and myself right now uh, is uh, Dax Khan with his thoughts. Good morning, Dax. Hey, how's everybody? You guys enjoy your vacation? <laughs> it wasn't much of a vacation, but hey, I see Sal's looking uh, good there, uh, you know, taking his time. But uh, what was your thoughts on the fight? You know, McGregor did better than expected. Um, we never know, we'll never really know what Floyd allowed him to get away with and what he didn't. Um, you know, but, you know, he was getting caught early on. McGregor was looking good. Was that all just part of wanting to help give the fans their money's worth, whatever it may be? Nobody knows. I'm glad it's over. So, you know, that fight went exactly how we thought. It went a little longer than what we thought it was going to be. And it, it's done. It's over with. It's time to move on to bigger and better things. What do you think? I'm sorry? I said, what do you think? What's Who's moving on to bigger and better things? Not those boxing. two. You mean, oh, yeah, boxing. the sport. Yeah. Boxing. It's I time mean, for boxing to move on to for bigger and better things. I agree. I agree. And we certainly have a, uh, uh, a bigger and better fight, a real fight coming up uh, when we're talking about Triple G and Canelo. But before we jump to that, uh, your thoughts on Badojak? Jack? You and I spoke last night a little bit, and uh, this guy's the real deal, don't you think? Badu Jack, let me tell you, three years ago yesterday, Jay Leon Love lost to Porky Medina. Um, that was about six months after Badu Jack lost to Derek Edwards up at the Turning Stone. You know, I've said it here before, you know, Badu Jack is the real deal, and he doesn't get the attention from Mayweather Promotions that he should. That night, anybody who ever watches that fight again, you notice that night on the apron, who's standing directly across from Badu Jack? When Badu Jack got knocked down by Derek, knocked out by Derek Edwards, I had just happened to turn away for a slight second to look at my phone. I look up, Badu Jack is on the canvas in front of me, uh, getting counted. A couple seconds later, maybe 15 seconds later, Charlie Fitch is waving it off. Uh, it was a good stoppage, and uh, first person Badu Jack looks at, and I have a picture of Badu Jack looking directly at me, not purposely, just happened to be one of those by accident type things, and he has his arms up, and he's like, what happened? He underestimated Derek Edwards, and he made a mistake. But you know what it is? That same night, Floyd Mayweather is waving $10,000, screaming to uh, Jay Leon Love, who's bleeding against Vladimir Biasi, telling him, if you stop him, you get a $10,000 bonus. And I have pictures and video of Floyd Mayweather throwing that money into the ring. They don't show that on the air. Um, actually, when you watch the event, it goes uh, to a replay of, of the end of the fight. But um, what also, you know, since then, it's like, Badu Jack, what really makes a guy a top fighter is how you come back. Badu Jack, not only did he become a world champion in one division a year later, but now he's a world champion in two divisions against credible guys both times. You know, so Badu Jack, you know, this is a guy who's getting better each outing. Is he the best in his division? No. Are there holes in Badu Jack's game? Absolutely. But you know what? The guy, as you stated, he's serious and he should be treated as so. And as of right now, so far, outside of Floyd Mayweather, Badu Jack is the most successful fighter to come out of the Mayweather stable. I agree. I think that he is uh, the best. I said it earlier. I think that uh, Jack is uh, the best guy currently signed uh, under Mayweather promotions. I was very disappointed in Javonta Davis, uh, his lack of discipline. Um, you know, I, I like Javonta Davis. I, I think that he's uh, uh, got talent, but he showed me similarities to Adrian Broner, uh, and it seems that when Floyd takes you, quote, under his wing, unquote, 
uh, all he's doing is is uh, sending you down uh, in a spiraling uh, fashion downward. Uh, Javante Davis needs to straighten up because this kid is in a position to to really do well. And you know his first time out of the gate as a champion loses his title on the scale. Uh, plus, he was gassed in that fight. Dax, he was breathing hard. He's lucky that uh, he landed a couple of shots, like South said earlier. A body shot started it, uh, where he just, uh, Francesca decided that he, he had enough and, and tried to pull the old DQ card, which that wasn't even close to being an illegal punch. But uh, it, it's a shame. We'll, we'll have to see how he rebounds from that. Well, you know, Javante Davis, we speak about Badu Jack and his loss. Javante Davis, the same thing. He thinks a lot more of himself than what he should at this point in time. There's a difference between being cocky and um, being um, self-assured, you know, than feeling confident in yourself. He recently had turned down a fight against Vasyl Lomachenko, a unification fight, because he was looking for a bigger name, and I deserve a bigger name than somebody like Vasyl Lomachenko. You know what? In that division, that is the biggest name. This is also a guy who is arguably at number three, the worst pound for pound in boxing. Now what's going to happen is Javante Davis is going to have to move up to 135 pounds. I don't believe he can make the super featherweight division anymore. You're not going to get away with that stuff with a lot of the guys that are there, especially with a Mikey Garcia, who's still the WBC champion in that division. As Javante Davis, in terms of um, his behavior, you come out looking like the cookie monster. You know, I can understand it's all part of the show. That's all great. But, you know, what the important thing is is that, you know what, you go out there and you perform like a champion and you perform like a professional once you get in between that ropes. And Javante Davis didn't do that. He believes in himself a little bit too much. He thinks he can knock everybody out, and that's not the way it's going to happen. Once you get in there with a guy you can't knock out, then what do you do? You were tired the other night against, you know, uh, No Hoper at 135 pounds. Even, you know, to get near that top level, you're going to be fighting – pound-for-pound guys, or a very good veteran in terms of Jorge Linares. So, you know, Javante Davis is, um, he's like very much like Adrian Broner, but you know what? He doesn't have the credentials that Adrian Broner had when Broner started to be on the decline. So he's a, he's a, a poor man, Adrian Broner, if you want to put it that way. That's a good point because uh, Adrian Broner, as a lightweight, was uh, was pretty good, and uh, he started to decline. But, hey, Sal, Sal turns yeah. to me, Dax, uh, during during the uh, walkout, when uh, when Javante Davis comes out, and he looks at me. He goes, "What the hell kind of outfit is he wearing?" I mean, it, it, you know, Cookie Monster is a good description. I mean, he had the the the, the hat, the the trunks. I, I mean, it looked like a chia pet, like a henchman. It was terrible, right, Sal? You were like, "What's he doing, man?" I said, "What what what is that about?" I mean, come on, you know. Oh man, I'll tell you, I I I had a Rip Van Winkle syndrome. I'm still asleep. <laughs> um, Dax, you know, I was earlier. I was talking about the uh, heavyweight picture, and and you know, uh, I, I think Anthony Joshua is the best heavyweight in the world. What's your thoughts about the WBA trying to strong arm them? I mean, obviously, these sanctioning bodies don't want unifications, and that's bad for the sport. Listen. Terrence Crawford, as we spoke the other day, it wasn't even 48 hours after he became the unified, undisputed champion at 140 pounds, and already the IBF is talking about stripping him. Why? Because every one of those sanctioning bodies had a different mandatory, and the IBF, the same ones that stripped Tyson Fury of their title because he wanted to give Vladimir Klitschko a rematch, a guy who was, you know, champion for almost 10 years. Uh, you know, they go and they do this to uh, Crawford with the threats. You know, their mandatory is Sergey Lipnitz. How Sergey Lipnitz is the number one challenger at 140 pounds is beyond me. But, you know, th 
desanctioning bodies and how to screw things up fast. Anthony Joshua and Derek, uh, Anthony Joshua and uh, Kubra Pulev. Now, Pulev has been making this very difficult. Pulev himself had released a statement about a week and a half ago stating that, you know what, he really didn't agree to this fight. Sowerlin Promotions had went into, went into uh, got things going without really discussing uh, this with him. There was something about a weight issue. There was something about he wasn't happy with location. He wasn't happy with the purse. So, you know, Pulev never exactly said, yes, I'm going to go in with this fight. As far as the WBA, you know, there were so many talks and negotiations with uh, Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz, and then the winner there was supposed to go on and fight Anthony Joshua in some sort of unification and could try and clean that division up. Now, here's the spoiler. Recently, last week, Derek Chisora was seen with Eddie Hearn. Ed, Derek Chisora has always been Eddie Hearn's go-to guy when things don't last. Now, what the, um, the rumor was is that they had assigned a uh, loose agreement that Derek Chisora would step in and face Anthony Joshua if the winner of Deontay Wilder and Luis Ortiz was not willing to do the unification and because uh, the problem with Kubrat Pulev wasn't going to ha uh, materialize and Pulev wasn't going to sign that contract, we always had Derek Chisora as the reserve. He is the go-to guy in the heavyweight division, even for the Klitschko's he was. So, you know, that, that's a mess over there, and the sanctioning bodies really don't help it out. You know, these are the guys that, you know... It's all about, you know, the revenue. How fast can we get it in? And that's exactly what I see here. The revenue isn't coming in quick enough. They're not getting a sanction fee quick enough. So, you know, it's just easy to strip them. But as you said before, it's the fighter that makes the title. The sanctioning body needs the fighter more than the fighter needs the sanctioning body in this era. And that's exactly what we're seeing here with both Terrence Crawford and Anthony Joshua. Well, in a sense, with the WBA right now, they feel that they are in a driver's seat some, somewhat because they can turn around and say, okay, you know, we made, um, we, we made Luis Ortiz our mandatory, and they know that the WBC has also named Luis Ortiz uh, a, a title, a mandatory title uh, shot against Deontay Wilder. So maybe the WBA says, okay, well, if we lose Anthony Joshua, at least we gain – uh, a, a, a champion in the winner between Deontay Wilder and uh, Luis Ortiz. So th that could be their way of thinking. It, it just doesn't seem reasonable that, first of all, the title was vacant. They, they approved Klitschko to fight for that title because he had, uh, you know, had held it for so long and Tyson Fury had, had uh, uh, relinquished it. And, and Anthony Joshua got approval, but they all knew that he got approval for that because... Uh, Cuba Pulov and the IBF agreed to, to wait patiently and that they were the next one. So what should have changed? Nothing should have changed for the WBA. I don't see why, uh, you know, they claim that they're trying to clean up the interim belt and everything else. But I don't see why in this case, because uh, they already had the, the, the plan mapped out. I don't see why they don't let Ortiz and uh, Wilder fight uh, for the uh, interim and I hate to, I can't believe I'm even saying this, but for the interim WBA belt with the winner of that fight conceivably picking up uh, the WBC or retaining the WBC belt, let Wilder and, and Ortiz fight each other, and the winner fighting the winner of Pulov and uh, Anthony Joshua. And then, bam, you have uh, a champion would emerge uh, that would have every belt, major belt, except for the WBO, which any of these guys we're talking about would beat um, either, uh, you know, Huey Fury, should he land a lucky punch, or Joseph Parker. What, what, what do you think? First, uh, Sal, and then, Dax, you can give me your thoughts. 
I'm, I'm sorry. My audio went a little blank at, at, at that time. I didn't hear the whole thing. So let's back to uh, expand hear on it first. Well, there's the joke. How does Bill, you know as well as I do, how do sanctioning bodies make their money? Sanctioning fees. Okay. How? What's now... All, you know, everybody has a little bit of a different structure, but, you know, one of the main ways they get their sanctioning fees is depending on how big these purses are. And again, the names make the champions. And also, as we know and have we seen on a regular basis, boxing overseas has been really carrying the sport. You have Huey Fury against Joseph Parker coming up. If Huey Fury should defeat Joseph Parker, now all of a sudden we have two world champions at the heavyweight division inside of England. A fight against Anthony Joshua, who holds the IBF championship, against Huey Fury, the WBO champion. Not only is that huge for the sport, but that's huge in England. And then now, you know who's going to benefit? The IBF and the WBO. Who's going to lose out? The WBA, who over the last few years, aside from Vladimir Klitschko holding that super title, and Tyson Fury, you know, who never had a chance to actually defend that, you know, he went over here to Anthony Joshua. Now, before Anthony Joshua even gets a chance to defend it, they're going to strip him of it. The other one has laid in limbo for so long. Luis Ortiz hasn't fought at an often enough pace or against a big enough name to bring in any type of big sanctioning money. Uh, you know, Deontay Wilder, he's a big name in the States. He draws in the States. It's mostly on PBC. But you know what? That big-time money, like a uh, fight of that magnitude, isn't coming in. So right now, who do we see? The joke is on the WBA, and the joke is on the WBC, and the joke is on everybody else but the IBF and the WBO, so long as that fight gets made. And that would be a huge fight. That would be bigger than Klitschko against Joshua, which was a massive fight, which uh, sold and had views that were beyond what a lot of people in this country realized that would that you know that had close to a hundred million views worldwide and now you get something like that inside cardiff stadium or someplace else one of their large venues over there not only do they sell out that live gate but they have the pay-per-view over there on sky which is gonna you know go through the roof and then they have the uh they can probably make that a pay-per-view event here and they can uh you know they'll have the fans from over here they'll have all the views they're gonna have streaming you know it's gonna really be something that's massive if that fight happens so you know it's going to be the WBA and the WBC shooting themselves in the foot, not the IBF and not the WBO who's just going to profit from it. And as I said before, the fighter makes the titles, and you know what? All of a sudden, that IBF and that WBO title becomes more important in that division than that WBC and that WBA title. The truth of the matter is, is that uh, the truth of the matter is, is that you know uh, the heavyweight division. I think the sport needs a unified champion, and I think that there's room for all four of the major sanctioning bodies to play nice and, and cr- you know, <laughs> crown a, a, a unified champion and then meet the mandatory obligations one at a time in a, a, some kind of an order, you know, and, and wait until, uh, you know, a unified champion either loses or something like that or something strange comes up where they don't want to fight a, a mandatory and then strip them. But the timing is what's screwing them up now. You know, you got Pulov. Uh, against uh, uh, Anthony Joshua, and, and and you know it's not that Joshua doesn't want to fight uh, Luis Ortiz. It's just that the WBA is not making a time frame that's workable. I just feel that it's beneficial for the four major sanctioning bodies, if at all, one division should be a unified champion. It's got to be the heavyweight division. You know, I mean, we just saw it with Terence Crawford unifying the uh, 
a junior uh, welterweight title with uh, Julius Ndongo. And then yesterday he had to relinquish his, his belt because they were going to strip him uh, because uh, he didn't, you know, uh, Lipinitz doesn't make any sense for Terrence Crawford, you know. Uh, I get it. In his case, he was going to move up anyway, you know. But the heavyweight division, different story. I think it's uh, a mistake for the sanctioning bodies to, to flex their muscle and say that uh, uh, you got to fight this guy. I mean, you know, when push comes to shove, the belts have, have lost their value, and a guy like Anthony Joshua doesn't need it. I, he's the best heavyweight in the world today. Uh, the only person that would disagree with that is probably Deontay Wilder, but, you know, uh, nobody's, uh, you know, they, they got to whisper in his ear the truth, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, at, at least that's what I think. Even if they don't make the fights, by sitting there and saying, oh, you have to do this, that's their way of, you know, puffing out their chest. You know, all of a sudden they feel like they're cock of the walk. Now, if the WBA was serious about unifying and cleaning up their titles at heavyweight, you know what? We wouldn't have been sitting around waiting for uh, Fres Kendo and Shannon Briggs. We wouldn't have been sitting around while they played the game with uh, Lucas Brown and uh, Ruslan Shigaev. Shigaev, a guy who uh, was a, a champion, and then he was sick, and then he couldn't fight in other countries. They could have cleaned that up even more. Once Lucas Brown was cleared that first time, they could have had Lucas Brown against Victor, I mean, Luis Ortiz. They could have had Chigayev against Luis Ortiz. Instead, they let Luis Ortiz sit out there with this interim title. You know, so they could have cleaned this up a long time ago. They chose not to, but now all of a sudden they want to sit there and put demands on people. The WBA right now is probably the most, the least valued title in any division, you know, in terms of uh, the prestige with, you know, the major sanctioning body. So all they're doing is they're making it worse upon themselves. The IBF, their um, you know their decision with with uh, Lucas Brown and their decision you know I mean not Lucas Brown with um, Tyson Fury and now their decision with Terence Crawford isn't exactly the smartest but you know what at least they're not as bad as the WBA or even the WBC with all the interim titles and the super titles and the title on vacation and you know, the title that goes above my mantle and the title that goes on you know your. Uh, it's just you can't even keep up anymore. Really, you make it up as you go along, and I think that's what they do. Sal, you were raising your hand. You were raising well, your I, hand, Sal. I did five minutes ago, but I'll tell you what. Uh, let me rewind. No, I'm teasing. Bill, you made a perfect point, and and here's the thing too. When you have and you have four credible. I mean, what what's the most credible world sanctioning bodies that we recognize on a daily basis? WBA, WBC, IBF, WBO. Is there another one you want to throw out there? I like the IBO. I think the IBO IBF. is actually okay, better IBO. than so the WBA. You have five sanctioning bodies. You have over a hundred belts on the street. Everybody claiming themselves that they're world champion. You know, if I had to share a world title with, let's say, five other guys or four other guys, I, I'd look to fight them. I'd say, hey, wait, I'm the world champion. I want to prove that. Let me go fight you, and let's get this unification thing out of the way. I think there should be one champion per weight division. And I think the sanctioning bodies, the credible, real sanctioning bodies that are valid today should get on the same page and respect the fact that we want to recognize one champion. And I don't know how they could ever do this. Because I, I remember back in the 70s and 80s, uh, 70s when it was just the WBA and WBC, that was an easy task. You had the demand from the fans to say, hey, we want to have a unification. We want to see one world heavyweight champion. Okay, then the IBF snuck in there. And guess what? They still had the triad, but they still had an opportunity to do a little round-robin-ish thing, and, and they unified that title. But with the other sanctioning bodies in there, I don't know. 
because you're looking at how much time will have to elapse between fights uh, to knock out five sanctioning bodies, to have one champion recognized. That could be a year and a half, two years to go by. And then, you know, that's a, that's a fighter's peak years of a career. So I don't know how the heck you can unify a championship anymore. I would love to see it, but that's what's hurt boxing. That's what I had to say. Well, I mean, it's no doubt. I mean, it's it's greed. the the it's thing that's greed. hurt the thing that's hurt the sport uh, of boxing more than anything is is greed and greed from everyone involved. And in a lot of cases, it's not the fighter. Um, it, it's the promotional company. It's the management. It's the networks. But but you know, you 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 said one thing, Sal. That that you know, I, I hope that the fighters of today share. And, and, you know, the desire to unify and to pound your chest and say you're the best because you beat all the rest um, is, uh, is something that I, I really wonder about today. Uh, I, I really wonder if the fighters really want to prove themselves in that manner. Um, and, you know, that's the question. Do they really want to prove that? You know, you, you see a guy like Deontay Wilder pounds his chest, says he's the best heavyweight in the world. I truly believe that he believes that. I, I do. I, you know, and this is what I, I do like about Deontay. Unfortunately, in my opinion, he's he doesn't he, he's not that good. You know, he just there's a lot of holes in his game and he hasn't been given an opportunity to get better because they keep giving him cupcakes. And here's a guy that, you know, everybody uh, around him, I believe, knows that he's not that good except for him. You know, what do you do? Do you keep protecting a guy like that? Do you give him a, a, a fight that would risk the title? I think that that's why they're uh, willing to, to take on a, a big risk fight right now, like Luis Ortiz or even Anthony Joshua. I think that if Luis Ortiz uh, gets labeled the interim champion or they put an interim belt on the line, you'll see Deontay Wilder fight Luis Ortiz, uh, as I suggest, at around the same time as uh, Pulov fights Joshua with a, a showdown of the two winners early in 2018. That makes the most financial makes sense to me. Sense. I makes mean, I, and, and the, the only thing that would, that would hinder that is the willingness of the sanctioning bodies to play nice. I mean, uh, Dax, what's your final thoughts on that before we uh, let you go? Do you think that they would be willing to, to make that happen, or do you think they're going to play hardball, specifically the, the WBA? I think they're all going to play hardball. You know, as far as Deontay Wilder, what your comment is, I believe Deontay Wilder wants to fight uh, the best guys available if he was given a chance. But we see uh, Deontay Wilder's career being handled very much the way Donna Stevenson's championship reign has been handled. Um, we talked when well, I mentioned uh, Pulev earlier on. I think a lot of the issue with the fighters, much like Pulev, who has been vocal about it, is these promoters are more or less doing the business for their fighters and they're not really uh, letting their fighters in on there and sitting down and saying, who would you like to fight? Would you like to fight this guy? What about, you know, so-and-so? And, you know, with that, you know, the fighters are saying, okay, and they're getting the promise of, okay, next time you're going to fight this guy. So, you know, you can't really blame the fighters. Uh, you know, when you have your promoter and your manager getting everything into works, and that is an advantage of being a big name, you know, as your stock rises in the sport, as you become a bigger draw, then you know what, that gives you a lot of bargaining power on the say, you know what, I want this guy at this level, I want this at that level. That's what made Oscar De La Hoya so special. Even though Oscar De La Hoya never really beat that 
pound-for-pound fighter is the fact that Oscar De La Hoya, no matter what, because he was the draw and he was always the A-side until the very end of his career, he insisted on fighting nobody but the best. And we just need to see more of those guys. But Oscar De La Hoya, it didn't matter if Oscar De La Hoya was shadow boxing, he was going to draw. But you know what? He was more worried about the legacy. He knew the money was going to come anyway. Now, aside from that, you know, just before I go, you know, the big news here is September. September is going to be the month that, you know, boxing is going to have a lot to answer to. There's a lot of big things going on. And with this heavyweight situation uh, taking place, if this cruiserweight tournament with the World Boxing Super Series happens the way it's supposed to be, and it goes off without a hitch from December to uh, March, then all of a sudden the heavyweight division may become irrelevant again, especially with Vladimir Klitschko out of the picture, especially with Anthony Joshua not getting that marquee fight that he needs and all these sanctioning bodies uh, doing, you know, what they're, uh, you know, playing the games that they're playing. Uh, All these other sanctioning bodies that are involved in the tournament, these titles are being defended, and now we're going to get exposure for these cruiserweights that haven't been in the past. And little by little, what's happening is these TV markets are starting to show up, especially the Super Channel from Canada, which is available here in the United States. And a lot of that tournament is taking place here in the United States. So these guys all got to get it together, not just the sanctioning bodies, but the promoters as well. They all have to work together. If not, then you know what? They're going to end up losing more money than they make. Good point. Good Dax, point. I appreciate you coming <laughs> yeah. on, and uh, we'll look forward uh, to you next time, my man. Absolutely. And, hey, December 9th, Vassal Lomachenko against Guillermo Rigondeau at oh, Madison boy. Square Garden. How exciting is that? Wow. Can't wait for that one either. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Go ringside you, for that one. You know, you, oh, absolutely. The, the, beauty, the beauty is Floyd retires, and then we get all the good fights. So thank you, Floyd. Let's thank absolutely. Floyd. So, Dax, we'll talk to you soon, my man. All right, everybody. Enjoy your day. We're going to take a short break when we come back. Uh, I got some uh, news that I want to talk about, some quotes from uh, Triple G and Canelo. Uh, all of that is coming up in two. Billy C will be right back. Part of the Billy C Boxing Network. Check out BillyCBoxing.com now or feel the wrath of the mighty mustache. Oh, that hurts. Why are you doing that to my face? I hate you. I hate you. That's BillyCBoxing.com. Consider this your warning. Now back to Billy C. Interact with the show at BillyCBoxing.com. And we're back. You're listening and watching the Billy C. Show. Glad you could be with us today. And uh, don't forget, if you take the time to write us an email, we'll take the time to read it on air. Just drop us an email, Billy at Talkin' Boxing. That's T-A-L-K-I-N-B-O-X-I-N-G dot com. You take the time to write it, we'll take the time to read it. I'm still here with my man, Sal, Rocky Senecola. And Sal, um, I I got some, uh, you know, as we start to shift gears and get into uh, the real sport of boxing and real fights, uh, the big fight coming up, uh, in a couple of weeks is, uh, of course, uh, Triple G against uh, Canelo Alvarez. And Steve Farhood, uh, he has uh, given a, a, an official prediction. Uh, he says that Canelo is going to beat Triple G. And uh, he said uh, this. He said, I think the fight is, gonna, is coming along at a really good time. He said uh, uh, Triple G has shown a little bit more vulnerability lately in the Brook and Danny Jacobs fights. Uh, Canelo took his time moving up to 160. It won't surprise me if he's the bigger fighter in the ring at the time of the 
uh, fight because he does blow up after the weigh-ins. I like his chances. I'm picking him to win in a minor upset. You know, I, I said this a while ago uh, about the fighters. Um, Triple G is not a big middleweight. When there was talk about, you know, the possibility of Floyd fighting Triple G, I mean, all the Floyd fans, he's so big, Floyd's such a little guy, and, and the truth of the matter is, is it's not true. You know, Floyd is just as big as Triple G, and I think when we see Triple G in the ring next to Canelo, although Triple G has got a, a little bit of height over Canelo, Canelo's the much bigger guy, and we're going to see that on September 16th. What's your thoughts? Well, I'll tell you, you know, I was surprised, and this is the last time I want to say something, when Mayweather was standing next to McGregor, I couldn't believe how much it seemed how much bigger uh, McGregor was than Mayweather. Size really comes into play on some levels when you're fighting a fight like this. I know Triple G, he's a good size middleweight. He's a solid middleweight. He gets down to the weight limit, he's fine. I don't think he blows up too much above that middleweight by the time fight time comes, which is fine because he's light, he's still uh, agile. Some of these fighters that gain 20, 30 pounds or so or, or 15, 20 pounds, you know, it may affect their ability to fight that night. Canelo Alvarez, he he does blow up. I mean, he steps on a scale, he'll make the weight, and that 24 hours later or 36 hours later until fight time, he can put on some additional pounds that maybe his body is used to working with. Um, you know, Bill, if this fight took place, you and I often say this, if this fight took place a year and a half ago, two years ago, wouldn't be a question in my mind, Triple G would just manhandle uh, Canelo Alvarez. Now that the fight is finally taking place right now, I think it's a almost a 50-50 fight. I could actually see both fighters coming out winning. And uh, not to contradict myself, uh, I still think Triple G is going to rise to the occasion. And I think Triple G knows what's on the line, and he does want to protect his, his, uh, his legacy. And I think he's going to rise to the occasion and break down Canelo over a 10-round period and then maybe uh, close big. Uh, that's how I see it. I think he's got too much of the ring generalship. I think he could punch, uh, and I think his body shots will take place. I think he'll slow Canelo down. And I think, you know, it, it's going to be a great fight. But I could actually see either fighter beating the other. But I'm just pulling for, I guess my heart's into it too. For some reason, I want to see Triple G win this fight. It is a 50-50 fight. I agree with you. Um, I, I think that uh, uh, I also agree that I wouldn't have even thought twice about picking a winner of this fight if we were having this discussion a year, year and a half ago. I would have picked Triple G. Uh, I maintain the same thing I say about Canelo. I think Canelo is an exciting fighter. I, I love Canelo Alvarez. Um, but... He has, he, although he's improved a lot, the one area he has not improved is his uh, ability to, to land a, a, a meaningful, significant punch while he's on the move. And that has been shown to be Triple G's weakness. Uh, if you're a decent boxer and you can move and hit on the move uh, and hit, you know, land a significant punch that, that would, you know, earn respect from Triple G. You have a chance of, of, of beating this guy. Um, Canelo can't do that. Canelo is a textbook guy. He plants his feet and likes to be in front of his opponent before he really lets his hands go with significant punches. Yes, he lands punches on the move, but they're, they're fly, uh, natty-type punches. And uh, the truth of the matter is, 
is uh, Triple G can cut the ring off better than anybody in the sport of boxing for the last 20 years. And it's going to be interesting to see when they are toe-to-toe, who's going to benefit. You know, Canelo can punch. He works the body very well. Uh, I'm anticipating him to maybe take advantage. I mean, obviously, we're not the only ones that see this. So maybe he takes advantage of trying to work the body of uh, Triple G, something that uh, fighters haven't done. You know, uh, and maybe he'll... uh, uh, you know, prove to, uh, you know, have a weakness uh, in his in his belly. But uh, we'll see. I, I can't wait for the fight. I got uh, one other thing I want to mention before we uh, pack it in for today is that uh, Roberto Duran, one of the uh, best ever uh, fighters in the history of the sport, um, you know, was asked about the Triple G and Canelo fight. And uh, uh, he said, uh, you know, when Triple G fought uh, the gringo, Jacobs, which I found funny. <laughs> he says uh, he took a lot of punches. Triple G had Jacobs in a bad situation several times, but he didn't know how to finish him off. On the other hand, uh, the Mexican, he's referring to Canelo, is by nature a brave boxer, and when you bring a Mexican fighter to fight, uh, they give everything they have in the ring. This is going to be a very tough fight because the two of them hit hard. In this fight, the one who will survive is the one who is capable of handling each other's punch. And for me... That'll be the one who claims victory. Um, now, it's, uh, it, it's it's very uh, uh, you know aloof, very of, uh, of, very of aloof, he, very know, he, black he, and white, he, but he, very true. It, it's true, uh, but he hasn't picked a winner. Uh, but he has uh, clearly uh, hit the nail on the head, uh, at least uh, in yes. my opinion. Now, as we finish this week, He's going uh, we only have politics. one more week this week, uh, one more day to uh, finish up this week. Uh, we will talk more about Triple G. And uh, Canelo on tomorrow's show. Uh, we'll also try to open up the phone lines and get your thoughts. Uh, we had a lot of uh, interaction going on in uh, our official chat room up on BillyCBoxing.com and also on our simulcast uh, on Facebook Live uh, in there. Uh, some people are communicating. So if you want to get your voice heard, tomorrow uh, is, uh, is going to be the day for you. Uh, so be ready for that. Uh, we, uh, again, want to thank everybody that uh, came down to our uh, Billy C. get-together at Saint, in St. Simons Island at the Sea Palms Resort and, of course, Sal's uh, Restaurant. Uh, we had a blast there, and uh, all the powers that be uh, did a great job. So I want to thank uh, the staff at uh, the Sea Palms and, of course, uh, Sal, uh, you and your staff uh, at your uh, restaurant because uh, without those guys, we would have never had uh, uh, the successful event that we had. And we are planning uh, another get-together uh, for live filming of our new show, uh, uh, Boxing Revisited. And uh, we hope that you guys can come down for that. Keep, uh, keep your eyes and ears tuned. We will be announcing it uh, over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be sooner than later, which is a good thing. So uh, I'm looking forward to uh, closing out the week tomorrow, even though it's a short week. But we will be back full force next week, Sal, including... Uh, the holiday Monday, we will be doing a, a live show, so I'm looking forward to that, my man. Me too. And and Bill, I want to say something uh, if I can. I want to send out a special thank you, and 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 I know you're going to get these guys on a show, but I'll tell you what. I I want to I want to share with everybody how much I truly enjoyed this past weekend. Aside from the fight, I I loved having the company of uh, some of our friends who used to hold those belts, and how can I say nothing but thank you so much for coming down and visiting us. 
and interacting with all the fans and all the crowd and my staff and you and I, what we did at the meet and greet uh, for Bobby Chez to be there and talk about his career. Bobby Chez was bigger than life, and so so was Marlon Starling. Marlon Starling was, was fantastic, and of course, you can never, never take it away from Big Ray Mercer. These guys, they came alive. They were animated. They were there. They were engaging. They didn't, let me tell you something. In any time, at any one time, when a fan wanted a picture of one of these guys or all group, boom, they flocked. They said, hey, whatever. You want an autograph? You wanted this? You want that? These guys were stellar, and they loved it, and the fans loved them, and my staff loved them, and I loved them. These guys, I'll tell you, they're gonna, they have an open invitation. In fact, Bill, I forgot to give them the key to the palace. I got a key, the golden lifetime key that we're going to put together next time they come down for the Sal's Neighborhood Pizzeria. Well, I Thank tell you, you we all had a great time, and, and uh, these guys were uh, great. Uh, my friend Marlon and, and Ray Mercer and, of course, uh, Bobby Chez uh, all uh, uh, lent a hand in uh, making it a, a really fun weekend. And uh, next time, uh, don't miss out because uh, you guys will uh, uh, love it. But listen, make sure you tune in tomorrow morning, same bat time, same bat channel. Until then, I'll leave you with this. Ciao, baby. Dan <laughs> <laughs>